Good morning and welcome to episode 103 of Beating Around the Bush podcast, entitled, Let's Get Back to Work. Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the user ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 103, it's a new year as we sit down to... Uh, uh, broadcast or publish a new podcast 2024 uh, second day in let me apologize right off the bat because I know there are some people that have been just pulling the hair out wrecking their brains whatever term you wish to use because there hadn't been a podcast the last two weeks I originally had intended to just take one week off as we traveled, my wife and I, and our uh, new boardie, our exchange student who's living with us now until the end of school, and we were going to Texas to see the grandkids. So, hey, let's just take a week off. Well, then, you know, Christmas rolls around on that Monday when I normally do a podcast, or a Tuesday, and family coming over, and just a lot going on, so we took two weeks off. And a little late getting started today on the podcast as we had two cabin guests and each cabin had guests in each cabin last night. And I've been busy trying to uh, get those in order for our next arriving guest. This is just what I'm doing now. I got a little break. So I thought I'd sit down and take this time to do a podcast. Well, I entitled this time to get back to work. Well, <clears throat> one could argue I haven't stopped. Did have that week where we were in Texas and the girls actually, Huntington High School Phillies actually played that week. Uh, the boys actually played the week I was gone. They were in two different directions. The girls went up to Gatlinburg and played in the Smoky Mountain Christmas Classic. And the boys were up in Marshall County, Kentucky playing in a tournament a Christmas tournament up that way. Now, they were up in Kentucky because that, that is actually uh, a connection that uh, the assistant coach Dylan Poole has from uh, his early coaching days when he graduated from college. One of his first jobs, I think it was at Marshall County or Callaway County, one of the two, uh, he was up that way. So he's, he had a connection. They went up that way. Even if I'd been home, the point I'm trying to make is that I would have had a decision to make. Which one would I have gone to? Would I have gone to Gatlinburg? Would I have gone to Kentucky? Kentucky would have been closer, naturally. Gatlinburg would have been fun. Or I could have just stayed at home and, and uh, took a week off. Which if I stayed at home, I probably would have took a week off. You know, I need a week off. I needed that time away. And it's time to get back to work. But then again, like I said, I could argue that I have I've never stopped. Because when I was in Texas... Uh, Mr. Chad Byers, uh, thank you, Chad, uh, kept me up to date on what the girls were doing in Gatlinburg. And uh, the middle school girls basketball coach, Monica Ezel, her son plays on the Mustangs, and she was up in Kentucky, and she was keeping me abreast of what the Mustangs were doing. And I actually turned in that information yesterday to the newspaper, or Sunday to the newspaper. It was uh, went to deadline uh, that week. I was in Texas a week early, 
So uh, it turns out that I wouldn't have been able to get it in if I'd been at home. So a week late, but better late than never, as they say. But uh, let's talk about that. Because a lot of things have happened in the two weeks. You know, I said, I, well, I said I had to take off work because I didn't because I was compiling all that information while I was traveling on vacation, that kind of stuff. And then when I got back, um, I did 10 games of uh, the public address system at the Huntington Point Guard Coca-Cola Christmas Classic. And... I was there for just about the entire thing. If I wasn't calling out lineups and who made a two-point basket or a three-point basket, I was uh, taking some pictures and being involved in other ways. So I've been busy a couple of weeks, but we're back to work today. Uh, we're, or we're back to work. But, but let me just talk about some basketball because when the Phillies left for Gatlinburg, at the time... They, they, were, they were playing real well. Uh, they were eight and three, I believe, as they made that trip at the time up to Gatlinburg. And the boys were floundering along at two and let me figure this up because if uh, uh, the girls had played the same amount of games, I think maybe one, the girl, boys had played one more game than the girls had. So the boys were uh, at two and nine, if I if I remember, or two and 11 when they made their way up. Yes, they were at two and 11. Or no, they were two and nine when they went to uh, Kentucky. The girls were eight and three, something like that. Uh, let's just leave it at that. That's close enough. I know what they are now, and I, I'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, to be honest with you, the boys, at the time, Monica sent me, they, they got beat the first two games against Marshall County. Uh, then they got beat, uh, I forget who the second game was against. It was another Kentucky team, I think, uh, Christian uh, County, maybe. And then they won the third game. And when Monica sent me that, I said, they won a game? Because to be honest with you, I, and I always try to do that on this podcast, they weren't playing well, and it was surprising that they went up there against probably some fairly decent competition and didn't play well. But we'll get to back to that in just a minute. Well, let's go back to the girls right quick. When the girls got to Catlinburg, uh, and I found this out later on in conversations I had with uh, Coach Wilkins, David Wilkins, the head coach with the Phillies, that... Uh, that was some tough competition. They had three divisions, and I didn't know this till just the other night to Point Guard Classic. They had three different divisions, and they had the Phillies in the upper division, right? They called it like a, the blue division or something. But anyway, they, they were uh, in the toughest bracket, if you want to put it that way. They were against the toughest competition. They played their first game against Wise Virginia. So a team came over, crossed the border into Tennessee, in Gatlinburg, probably not that far for them. Probably wasn't any further. Probably were closer than Huntington had to travel. And where they were a quality team. Phillies ended up winning that game 79-75. So, hey, off to a good start, right? Sounds like it, yes. Then the Phillies the next day, and, and both the boys and the girls in these tournaments, as, as we talk about this, had to play back-to-back games three days in a row. 
Well, Coach Wilkins and I talked about this, and I'll, I'll get to that again in just a minute. As I'm kind of, I know some are kind of rambling, but, you know, I, I do that a lot anyway. But the, the Phillies had to face Cookville the very next day. All right, now, December the 20th through the 22nd is when they were there, the week before Christmas. Well, Phillies won that first game and had to play Cookville. Turns out, when Chad told me over the phone, Cookville at an enrollment of 2,200. Think about that. They really put that in perspective. The Phillies, uh, Huntington High School, have 400 students. 2,200 students. Over five times as many students in their school system as Huntington has. And you say, well, what difference does that really make? Because you can only play five at a time. It makes a difference because you have a bigger talent pool to pick from. You know, where uh, the end of the Phillies bench might not be that good, but the end of the Cookville's bench is probably pretty good because Huntington has to take what students try out for basketball and the talent level overall through the school when you only got 400 kids and they're not all girls, by the way. The talent level at Cookville, they're going to have more to pick from because they have more students. If you kind of understand all that, if you really think about it, it makes sense. So 2,200 students. Phillies actually led at the half of that game 35 to 30. Ended up losing 65 to 52. And, but Coach Wilkins and I talked about this. This is part of what I mentioned a while ago. We was going to get back to that how much of a factor was fatigue. And then the Phillies played a third game and beat a team out of Mississippi. I don't think it's fair. or something. I forget how it's pronounced. Uh, and they won that game. Fairly decent game. I think Phillies won by about 10, something like that. But some tough competition. But we wondered how much a fatigue was a factor. You go play three straight games, and you have to travel for roughly six hours. Depends on how fast you drive to get to Gatlinburg. But it's going to take you right around six, especially you've got a whole bunch of kids. You have to stop a couple times, and you're going to have to do that. And I don't know what kind of transportation you use to get up there. I'm sure that you went in vehicles. School, school probably didn't have any buses or wasn't going to use buses in that case. But they go up there. They, you stay in a motel. How late do you sleep at night or how early do you go to bed at night? And when you're talking about 16, 17-year-old kids, uh, you know, we've got a 17-year-old, 16-year-old in the house now, and uh, uh, she sleeps a lot and stays up a lot late and sleeps late and that kind of stuff. And when you get a whole bunch of them together, how much sleep do they get? It's a point I'm trying to get to. So that factors into the fatigue. And then you play three games back to back. But here's the consensus, and I had this conversation with Chad also, and the conversation with Coach Wilkins and, and, and Cliff Kelly and, and, and Kelsey Perry, who's the assistant coach. I really like her. She's good. She seems like a, a, a good person. But anyway, we had this conversation. Went because why do you play in these kind of tournaments? Why did the boys go to Kentucky? Well, I'll tell you why. And it makes a lot of sense. And it goes back to what I call the Alan, Alan Eubanks theory. 
You play some tough competition, it gets you ready for tournament time. Now, the Phillies have a team that is capable of playing at Murfreesboro. They have a team, and I'll find out more tonight about the competition as the Phillies will play a Martin Westview team, who's no longer in our district, thankfully, who are 12-1. and And that's going to be an interesting scenario tonight. It's going to tell me a lot. But the Phillies have a team that is definitely good enough, and especially the way the district and region uh, falls, to make it to Murfreesboro to be among the final eight teams to play for a state championship. And wouldn't be surprised at all if Martin Westview and Gibson County, two of our old district rivals, are not there also. But they have a chance to get there. Do they have a chance to win it? I'll know more about that tonight. But I, right now, I say, yeah. Uh, in all honesty, the Phillies' only Achilles heel, in my opinion, is like a depth. They go basically seven deep. You get beyond seven, and, and it drops off. I mean, there's some good kids, but they're not the quality of those first seven. And that's going to be a factor or could be a factor later on. It gets to be a factor when you get in foul trouble. Well, time will tell. But the Phillies played against some, and Coach Wilkins told me, he said, those are some good teams. And we played well winning two of the three games and led at the half against a school you had no business being on the floor with. So, yes, they have a chance to win it all. And they, uh, by going to Gatlinburg, this is not, it's only going to help improve their chances of achieving that goal. That's, that's what I was trying to get to. That's why you play in those, and that's what Coach Wilkins and I discussed. This is going to be good for them because you play three games back-to-back, which is what you'll have to do in the state championship tournament. You'll have to play three games back-to-back, or three out of four days anyway, uh, to win it all. It takes three games once you get to Murfreesboro to win it. And this prepares them for that. Okay, and then the Phillies, and I'll stay on the Phillies, and then we'll go to the boys right quick. But the Phillies then came back this past week, December 28th through the 30th, and played in their own Christmas tournament. Now, the boys and the girls did it different. The boys did it in a bracket-type situation where uh, if you lost that first day, you went to the left of the bracket and you played for uh, fifth and seventh place. And if you won, you went to the right side of the bracket and you'd either play for uh, first or third, kind of how it fell out. And Mustangs lost the first day, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but anyway, the Phillies came back, and the Phillies played uh, round robin. I wouldn't say round robin. They played uh, on on Wednesday, on Thursday when the tournament started. They played Memphis Ridgeway, and then everybody had a designated opponent, opponent teams that were in it uh, each day. They wouldn't like the boys. That's what I was trying to clear up there a minute ago, but boy, uh, girls played uh, Memphis Ridgeway the first day. Then they played Brighton, which is out of Memphis, the second day. And then they played uh, Decatur County or Riverside uh, the third day. Now, Riverside was probably the second best team there from what I saw uh, on the floor. And the Phillies that first day, well, 
Memphis Ridgeway, wow, pretty interesting team. I'd seem like some nice folks. Drove all the way up here from Memphis, and I first told they were going back and forth every day, but I do know the second night after the second day, they stayed in Jackson. I was told that later on. But they weren't very talented. First game, Phillies led 37 to nothing before Ridgeway scored. So think about that. And then the Phillies, uh, next day, a little tougher competition against Brighton, and they won by 30 points. And then, Saturday night, they played Parsons, or Riverside, or Decatur County, or the Lady Panthers, whatever term you want to put to them. And, and you know, I thought, hey, this might be a pretty good game. Philly scored a season high 37 points in the first quarter and led like 37 to 12, game over. As fine of a performance as I've ever seen from the Phillies in several years. They were, and, and they played the last two games without Annabelle Singleton, who was uh, off on family uh, for family Christmas. And I, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's what she should be doing. But th she's one of their best players. And they played the last two games without her. Didn't miss a beat. So that's good, too, because it forced uh, uh, Kelby Crossnow to start. And, you know, she didn't play last year, but, boy, she, she contributes. And, and that's what you want. You want people to, that you insert in there uh, to play their role, and she definitely does that. But, of course, Lily Key is the best player on that team. But Quinn Kelly filling it up. For, she had 12 points the other night in the first quarter. She made three threes in the first quarter. She can shoot. And then you got Delaney Byers and Josie Stokes that take that basketball and they attack the basket with it. And they both are real good defensive players. And then Lily Key, who just continues to score in double figures, double figure rebounds every game. Nobody can guard her inside, nobody. And then Annabeth Smith comes off, I mean, Sarah Beth Smith comes off the uh, bench and provides that bulk underneath and she can rebound and she can score if you get the ball inside to her. It's a good basketball team. It really, truly is a very good basketball team. And they just was head above everybody else in that tournament here in Huntington. And so they, they go into tonight's game at 13 and four. But look who their losses have come to. Dysburg, Chester County, and then up in uh, East Tennessee uh, to Cookville. And I don't know, I'm having trouble remembering who their fourth loss is. But here the, the, the Phillies are in a very good position. Now, let's go to the boys right quick. When the boys started their tournament up in um, Kentucky, up at Marshall County, I'm going to be perfect honest with you. Ah, it's not going to be much of a season. You, you, could, you could tell it. it just, we just, we're not very good. Well, I'm going to sit here and tell you today that I'm changing my opinion. And I give a lot of credit to uh, Porsche McClurkin. One of the nicest young men I believe I've ever been around in my life, Porsche McClurkin. I honestly say that. And I, I'm just like, he's just like every other coach that I've been around in Huntington. I might question some of the things they do, but that does not overshadow how I feel about him. And his method of coaching to start the season 
was much like we talked about with Alan Eubanks a while ago. He plays different people to figure some things out. Well, I'm going to sit here and tell you today, and, and tonight will be another one of those, uh, those tests, as the Mustangs have played uh, Martin Westview I th- at some point in the season on a Saturday night that I wasn't there. I, I mean, and the girls uh, were playing somewhere else, I think. That was early in the season. And they beat the Mustangs by 15. I don't think that'll happen tonight because I'm going to tell you, the boys right now have got it figured out. And I say they got it figured out because that Christmas tournament, I saw something I haven't seen in a while of a Mustang basketball team. And that's the desire to win the game. And you've had a couple players quit, and Coach McClurkin has figured out what his rotation is, which is what he used to. And they haven't played a district game yet. That comes up Friday night. So, really, right now they're at 5 and 12. That's what their record is. And when you look at that, you go, that's not very good. Well, maybe not. But they've won three out of their last four games when they started with two wins. One win in Kentucky, and then they won two games in their own Christmas tournament. They lost to a Halls team in the first game that they were down by, it was 21-4 to four at one time in the first half of that basketball game. Mustangs early in the fourth quarter were down three. That's when the light switched, and they, maybe they dug too big of a hole to climb out of, and they ended up winning that game or losing that game to Hall 64-54. And y'all don't know how good that was because I'm quoting all this from memory. They lost 64-54. Well, then they had to turn around and play a pretty good Greenfield team the next day at like 1.30 in the afternoon. And that makes it a little difficult too when you really think about it because you know, you're not used to playing games in the middle of the afternoon. You know, kids ain't been up that long. How, you know, how much are you dragging, so to speak? Well, the Mustangs uh, got up big in that game. They started pressing, and they started using a certain rotation. And they've got three young players on that basketball team right now that if you start building around those three, oh, it's good times ahead, baby. Good times ahead. But... They started pressing Greenfield, and Greenfield made a late rally in that game, and Mustangs ended up winning 84-74 because they went to the foul line a lot in that last quarter. And But at one time, that game, Mustangs were up by 20-something in that game, and, and Greenfield got back in it. But the Mustangs finally pulled away. And then probably the most impressive win for them came on the last day when they played Lake County. Lake County, Athletic. Can run the floor. There are a couple of kids that can shoot, flat out shoot. Uh, the Jeremy Caesar kid uh, for one, and then a, a key uh, ward, well, I think was the other kid's name, and both of them could shoot. They both, uh, the whole tournament lit up, lit up from behind the three point line. Well, the Mustangs got way down in that game. They were down double digits and might have been down 20 at one time, and they kept clawing back, and their press started giving Lake County who is more athletic than we are, started giving them trouble. They started forcing turnovers. 
And then the next thing you know, the Mustangs crawled back in it and end up winning the game 84-78 when they were down double digits. And just a great performance. But right now, the two best players on Hanges' basketball team, boys team, and I'm saying this because they've got it figured out. The future is bright. And we all knew that that, was, uh, that could be the case because of the young people. But the future is bright. And the best two players are a sophomore and a freshman. Caleb Ezel is the glue to that basketball team. Man, he has played at times. There was one game, I think it was up in Kentucky, where he had 24. But in those games at the Christmas tournament, double digits, shoots the ball. He can shoot from behind the three-point line. Excellent foul shooter. Handles the ball well. And he plays taller than he looks. He can go up and get a rebound. Uh, he can drive to the basket. Uh, uses uh, ball handling ability to put the ball in the hoop. He's a very good player. And he's just a sophomore. And getting better every game. Now, the next best player is a freshman, and that's Kenton Smith. Well, everybody knew last year from what Kenton did last year at the middle school level that he was a talent, no doubt about it. And Coach McClurkin and I had this conversation the other day at the Christmas tournament. He said, really, he said, when you think about it, Mr. Russell, he said, and that's what he calls me, he said, when you think about it, he said, he's only had like eight high school games. You know, he, was, he, he missed a couple games because of sickness. He was late getting to the party because of football season. And it takes a while to get those legs into basketball shape. Trust me, it does. And for a while, he thought, hey, look at the, the success I had last year at the middle school level. And I'm just going to do that. Well, when you get to high school, uh, the kid playing across from you, uh, probably a junior, and he's been playing against juniors and seniors. They're seasoned. Uh, he can't do the things at the high, uh, middle school level and, and expect them to work on the high school level. You can't do it. And, and for a while, that's what he was playing out of control. As Coach McClurkin and I both said, he was playing out of control. Now he's playing in control. Uh, the other night against Greenfield, he had 20-something points. Against Lake County, he had 18 and didn't start the game. Didn't come in until late in the first quarter. Uh, but he handles the ball well and he shoots the ball well. And he's learned to play under control. He's no longer a freshman. Along with Caleb Ezel, those are the two best players on the team. And then you start putting in, in the last couple of games, Coach McClurkin has started Bryson Whiteside. He's a freshman. Uh, hopefully he's going to get taller. I mean, he's, you know, 5'11 now, something like that. Started in, uh, at guard on the football team, uh, on the offensive line. So he's got some beef. Uh, but he handles the ball well. He, he works hard underneath. And he, he deserves to be playing because he's part of your future. So there you got two freshmen and a sophomore. And now Coach McClurkin's rotation, it, a junior, E.J. Lewis, can shoot, can, can drive the ball, and he can play defense. And, but the player that surprised me and how he's kind of bought into what they're doing right now is Landon Bryant. Landon Bryant played the best game of his career uh, last Saturday night against Lake County. He was 7 of 7 from the foul line in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. That's a lot of pressure. And I know Landon's a senior, 
But Landon didn't play much last year. And he didn't play hardly any the year before that. So this is really, it's kind of first uh, first taste of competition. But man, he made seven out of seven. And I think he ended up with like uh, 12 points for the game or whatever, but he's got some length. And, and he's, when they started pressing against Greenfield, uh, he was a big part of that. And then you get throw in a couple of other seniors, Grant Bartholomew, uh, Caleb Pearson, both of those kids have worked their tails off. That's what I like about them. Uh, Tyson Willis, not a better kid in the world than Tyson Willis. Never never complains. He started earlier, now he's coming off the bench. Uh, hadn't been playing that much lately. He's a senior. Uh, he's, he has some talent, but he's raw. But he never complains. Always has the same expression on his face. I love Tyson Willis. But all of those players I just mentioned, that's his, that's his rotation. And then you get Braylon Deerman uh, come in and give you some quality minutes. And so he's using basically 10 people, but he's counting on seven or eight. And uh, it's starting to work. And right now, if you looked at the district without playing a district game, they're the second best team in the district. Uh, who knows? If this team continues to get better, who knows? But anyway, if you ain't doing nothing tonight, come out and watch some good basketball. I'll be good, two good games. But things are starting to trend upward uh, for Huntington basketball, especially on the boys' side. I really felt good after what I saw from the boys. And still some work to do, and we'll see how it goes from here. But we'll come back next week, and we'll try to get back into the routine of doing our podcast. And when we come back, I promise you, yes, I promise you, we'll try to do it better. Until then, see you later.